Alright, movie dopers, we are watching Fast and Furious for behind the scenes. I'm skipping Tokyo Drift in the order, although I'm releasing it in release date order. Because I'm waiting for my roommate to have time to film it while the sun's still up to help the video recording. And by the way, if you're watching us on video and you want to listen to just audio, link in the description and vice versa. Got a drinking game going on. There's not movie-specific drinking games, so I'm going to make some rules right now. First, family. Of course, uh, Corona. Take a drink. Every time they gear shift, take a drink. If they hit NOS, drink for five seconds. Uh, anytime... Uh, you see women making out unnecessarily at this point in the fridge. <laughs> Maybe potentially uh, unnecessarily based on how you feel about that. Uh, take a drink. Anytime Brian says bro. Anytime these two argue in Spanish. Take a drink. Boom. And I'm going to add this, considering we can, but anytime a character dies, and it's a fake death, which in the series we'll be able to do twice. <laughs> oh, and if this movie has an F word... I'll drink for five seconds. This opening sequence it seems to answer and correct every single one of my criticisms of the first film. This is what I wish that first heist had been. In terms of just engagement and life in it. Of course, it would have to be different for that first film, but this one just is satisfying in every way. That first sequence was not so satisfying, in my opinion. And if you ever get lost, the time code on this video is matched perfectly with the movie. I start the same time the movie starts. Here's to Michelle Rodriguez and Sung Kang. Killing it. If anyone wants to give me the lowdown <laughs> on cars, I'm not a car person, but I'm very interested in learning more, especially teeing up to when I break down the minutes of the entire franchise concurrently. I want to have some information I can share in those minutes. Oh, how that music changed when he figured out that Letty was on the roof. And he saw that he was at risk. See, this guy is responding 
is defending himself with more than just a bat actually hitting the cars versus that first guy in number one where he's hitting him with a bat after waiting way too long and knowing that he's being heisted. And then the second guy waiting way too long knowing he's being heisted and using a shotgun. Mm. <laughs> Music just does it for me, man. Oh, gear shifting. I don't know if I said that for the drinking game. I looked it up, and NOS, the energy drink, started in 2005, originally owned by Coca-Cola, now owned by Monster, and I think another company, that I think probably the company that owns NOS, like the actual NOS, not the energy drink, but interesting how the idea of an energy drink, probably in no small part, was influenced by the popularity of NOS by these movies. Oh, that gets me every time. Considering how um, how much the the tunnels stand out as not the best CGI later on, I I still appreciate this. And this was a great idea on how to stick them in here, even though this isn't like obviously the most imperceptible CGI. They did a great job. And I know everything is dictated by budget, which is no uh, offense to the people who did the CGI in the tunnels, but this does the job for me. I'm sure there was some gear shifting I missed there, so drink. I've been listening to the Granny Chef pod, which is very, thankfully, very different from what I want to do with the minutes. First, I would have the minute in every episode if I broke it down minute by minute throughout the entire series, only one minute per video slash podcast episode. But 
I learned that the first car that we see Dom driving in the series is actually an import, according to them. Again, I'm not a car person. Um, and I love this. Like, they point out that there's some present racism in the first film. Just segregating different groups, racing groups. Uh, and some other stuff that's out of date now. This I appreciate a lot more. I didn't mention that in the commentary. I was like, oh, that's kind of an awkward thing. But I like how it's much more inclusive starting now. Any reference to Tokyo? Or another location that we end up in the series later on. S drink. Sip. Drink. Whatever. Kind of like how they mentioned Mexico in the first film. And now here we are. And that's why I just made that rule. Maybe I should make a rule for any time Han eats or snacks. It's fantastic that what happens in the next five, ten minutes is paid off in seven, three movies later. Like, damn. And I have no way to confirm this, but my theory with this series in terms of, especially Vin Diesel producing, is he's got these grand ideas. And he's just got a list of them just in his head like, that would be cool to check that off one day. But he focuses on this. And that's how there are so many payoffs throughout the series over a number of movies. And I think the Mexico one, I could bet, is just, in the first one, is just to pay off the post credit scene where he's driving to Mexico. But then he gets into this groove and this habit of that. And I really appreciate it. And then they get married in between here. <laughs> mm. And stuff like paying off later locations or the fact they were married. And I really do believe he knew if they were successful, he would want to bring Letty back. I don't think they just magically came up with that near the end of shooting... Fast Five. I don't think they really plan to kill her off permanently, but that's just my theory. Now, the journey that Necklace takes all the way through Tokyo Drift, I don't know if they thought that far ahead, but I like where it ended up. 
<laughs> and then now, here, we got a nice big reintroduction to Dom's team, and at the nearly 12-minute mark, we get Brian being an FBI agent. I didn't need to see him being an FBI agent before the 40-minute mark, or in revealing that he was one in the first one. I just... Would have liked to know that the FBI were involved in the story at all. From the get. I love this move. Oh, and the personal reason I am watching this one before Tokyo Drift and not just waiting is because I walked for like an hour, hour and a half while my car was charging, and it was a lot more steps than any of us are getting in this quarantine over the course of all, an entire week. So I just really wanted to sit down and drink a cool Corona. And this was the excuse I needed, and it's a great excuse. I also love how he's smart with these windows later on. But we don't get this spoiled for us, this great moment. We're not cheated, technically, because look at that camera move showing us that other window. But it's not spoiled either. Magnificent. Love this shot. That was in the trailers. Boy, so excited for that shot. <laughs> we all laughed in the theater that it ended with that. But that was a rewrite on the day. Where they just were like, let's just make it simple. We we got all caught up with that little line. Don't make. Don't tell me that reinstating it was a mistake. It's all the backstory and exposition we needed. This is an interesting thing, because when people are discussing 
Han's return. They're like, no, they they buried a body. The ex- explanation's got to be airtight. And the fact is, they buried a body here. A lot of people now, and I don't fault them, I I was the same way. We're forgetting the detail that we buried Letty. So that's technically a plot hole if you want to ask about it, but it's not because they just didn't, uh, you know, f- fill it in. You can make headcanon about how this happened. You know, Shaw was clever enough when he took Letty for his own team that switched the bodies, something like that. There was a, you know... It was an explosion, so maybe closed casket. So I don't think the fact that we buried Han is reason to worry and say that his return won't make sense. I will say, I do agree with Michelle Rodriguez's critique that over time, slowly, the writer Chris Morgan, even though I love the crazy element that he brought to this franchise and how they all, him, Justin Lin, and Vin Diesel, I wish Chris Morgan had not gone to Hobbs and Shaw, progressively just made it more and more insane. I don't know how much... Chris Morgan is responsible for that, but she said that the writer failed slowly in thinking that only the women were only good for being girlfriends and making babies. Specifically, of course, she's talking about Mia, and then later... Why am I forgetting her name? Character's name. And later, Elena. Sorry. Uh, where she's brought back in Fate of the Furious uh, just to introduce Dom's child, Brian. I still like that we got it, and I thought it was a very clever way to introduce it so we didn't go through Letty being pregnant. But I do agree. Slowly bit by bit failed Mia and Elena's end I can see that was more of a twist curve she was badass throughout her other installments 
But I'm glad Mia's coming back. <laughs> and yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not making excuses for the sequence so much as, uh, psychic vision. It's, it does the job, but I, I see when people cringe or poke fun at this. It's just fine. Not so much those moments, but later... In this moment. Where it's just... He's psychically... Having it fly through him. Let's just say I get it. Especially... But this, this is a little too far with uh, seeing the guy's mohawk and everything. Maybe a little too far. But damn, this is just freaking heartbreaking. And what's with, up with all the people who want good drivers to run their goods over borders or... In a 15 minute window, like in Too Fast, Too Furious, just wanting to kill the crew at the end. Like, come on. Good help's hard to find with that mentality.
Stasiak comes back in Fast and Furious 6, so don't want to be too hard on him, but still, come on. Just for insane Vin Diesel shit, take a drink. <laughs> oh, another uh, thing was anytime he does a grumble, like in Fast and Furious 5. And you crossed the line right there. You were you were riding up to the line, showing some disrespect, but mm 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 mm. And that's the crazy shit. I fucking love it. That's so insane. <laughs> I think this is the moment we start getting just dumb, a lovely shade of dumb that just permeates through the whole series from that moment on.
having watched the other films, I just expected him to say, I don't know. I don't know. To do a classic double line, a Brian double line. <laughs> I do appreciate how their different approaches both brought them together at this point. And how the film gives equal weight not so equal weight, but you know, more equal than you might expect between Dom and Brian's trajectories. You're just going to be the hanging man soon. <laughs> <laughs> and this is step two on our road to insanity. Did he? <laughs> oh, that's some Lawrence Fishburne in Men of, uh, not Men of Black 3, Mission Impossible 3. Level lines. <laughs> Which I will be recording after this. <laughs> Have a good time. <sighs> <laughs> 
Neil Brown Jr. Neil Brown Jr. is a gentleman and a saint, and you should follow him on Instagram. I do love the sequence, even though I know nothing about these cars. And I love that they show that Brian knows what he's doing. Like, we knew he knew, but this is just great. Eh, drinking with Corona. That Too Fast, Too Furious issue of tracking... Brought up back again. Gagadot Giselle. I love that idiot. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that too. We heard him telling Dom that all he can do is get him into the race. We didn't hear him say that to Brian, but duh, of course. And Dwight is such a little piece of shit. (laughs) I love it. That's a great speech.
And I'd love that too. Just turning it up a notch. And man, we get into some gruesome deaths, maimings at least in this sequence. Oh. Yeah. Thinking about a big picture, Dwight should really, really thank Brian for saving his life since he would have been killed at the end of that run if he didn't frame him. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Gear shifting. <laughs> Shit. Oh, yeah, there we go. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't know if it synced up perfectly with your view of the film. Whoever's watching this, but I said, oh, shit, purely on my own, exactly with Ghetto Smurf. <laughs> I'll do this shit with my ways. Like, no, it's right there. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo! <laughs> 
Oh, you dirty little bitch. I do love this. Shit. That's what I've been waiting for, baby. I was going to say for playing dirty, but Dom's about to do the same. Shit! Oh, yes, the glorious drifting! There's been a lot of gear shifting I've been sleeping on with this drinking. And I'm about to have some NOS chugs soon. And... Oh. That's a double NOS. This always got me because he would have won. I'll finish the second half of that double NOS, but damn. I love it. I love that he would have won. <laughs> they didn't have Dom do that. Which I wonder if him needing to win was... Oh, so many beer burps. Was part of his contract, needing to win every race. Or if it's just winning fights physically. Alright, second half of that double NOS chug. Apologies.
Thank him for saving your life, Dwight. Guessing. I did that rule because I remembered later in the club. I forgot about that. This is fucking dope. It's interesting the energy difference the car sequences have or the car hangouts have now versus the earlier movies. Starting, if I might be so bold to say so, in Tokyo Drift. Because, like, I'm just remembering didn't have that kind of energy in The Fast and the Furious and I don't think it had the same energy it may have in Too Fast Too Furious who am I to know I only watched them yesterday and he's gonna have Corona so I love that. I love that they acknowledge that and I love that they both have reasons to shut their mouth and let the other person work. literally drink my Coronas like this because of how Dom drinks his Coronas. I just adopted it. You can see that in the video or just how he drinks for audio. That's how I do. Holding the stem. But I do love this. You're a lucky man. <laughs> oh, look, Dom went back to drinking Corona like Brian was.
Yeah, I love that. He's literally one of us. Right here at this table. This is the scene I remembered. Girls kissing. <laughs> I love that they both have their different strategies in terms of investigating shit. That's how I drink it, Corona. That's a big shot. <laughs> I love this scene coming up. Let me tell you. Especially a line that doesn't sound anything like me. I just love that we get reminded of Dom's motivations here. The heartbreak he's feeling. We pay off and close Giselle's pursual. Is that a word? <laughs> of Dom. Pursuit. I feel stupid. <laughs> of Dom and her. This is a gray line. Just gotta pause. But her acknowledging and being okay with her being nothing like Letty.
especially this music it's just right home how heartbreaking this is <laughs> you know, I like this crew in the FBI office every single fucking time that I can think of. We get something like the group of young CW stars in... Most recently that I can think of, Bad Boys 3. And I just really appreciate that we get a different feel for them. And I love this, too. This is just great. <laughs> and man, oh man, the next sequence. you got to listen to the audio commentaries, too, with Justin Lin, because he talks about how they always have meanings about product placement in these movies. And it gets to a point where they're like, uh, there's companies that would pay you to have their tone as a ringtone, which would totally stick out like a sore thumb, just like, or something crazy and weird that would sound awful in this movie. But the NOS can is a clever and subtle and natural way to put some product placement in. Right there, considering what the scene demands. So yes, while Corona has never paid a dime for product placement in these movies, Nas has. that he was watching them. And we get Neil Brown Jr.'s starring scene in this movie. Ba 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 ba. There he is, the gentleman.
makes sense especially why she made her move earlier in the garage since she knew I was coming. I do love the journey that Gal Gadot's character Giselle took throughout these movies. You know... I gotta look at the release dates, but the Fast franchise has been doing what the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been doing. But first, right? I don't know. Let me fact check this. Nope. Well, Fast Five came out in 2011. Now, Fast and Furious came out in 2009, so the MCU started in 2008, but I do like Fast franchise does the same kind of character growth that the MCU does over time and over movies. I mean, theoretically, they could just sit in the tunnel. But I dig it. Turn off your headlights. chat like in the Fast and the Furious. <clears throat> this is one of the few mo movies that I can feel the midpoint of the film. Like this is the midpoint and I like it and that's that's a use of NOS that will Justify a five second joke. Don't touch Neil Brown Jr. 
I'm just glad he saved Neil Brown Jr.'s life. <laughs> Malik. I don't like Taken, and I think this is a much better version of Taken's storyline of finding the guy who kidnapped his daughter, him finding uh, the guy who almost killed his wife. It's just so typical, Dom. I get shot. <laughs> what did you do? I know nothing about cars, but I know those are some beautiful cars. It's a tragedy that they all blew up. Even though I cherish Dom and Brian's lives more. Damn, I'm going to have to go rewind and see if Malik died in that scene, Neil Brown Jr. So in most movies, when they say trace the call and it takes a long time or even just 30 seconds, that's bullshit. But I like their justification in this. It makes sense, especially since, you know, there's no organization that just has the whole world's database of fingerprints on file. This, for me, is a much better balance between the FBI part and the car part and the personal family story part of this movie versus The Fast and the Furious. Sorry, I had a notification interrupt the video. An alarm that I had on. Sorry about that.
and love this. <laughs> oh. All right, thanks for the 48-hour hold. Oh, uh, the, I had this car in the trunk of the that Hummer that I drove in. <laughs> Don't worry about how I'm driving out of this impound lot. So is the bullet supposed to have been caught in the jacket but still pierces skin or is it supposed to have gone clean through cuz there's no bullet blood bullet hole or blood in the front I love this continuing it through the series corona sip been a year or so so is it gonna say family These later movies make the earlier movies better. This is the reveal and the payoff of him saying that he was my friend too. Oh, and the why was she doing this? Oh, all the questions.
<laughs> oh, damn. Classic. Uh, repeat line, Brian. I also forgot that we're supposed to be drinking for every dumb. That was the rules in the first one. The music is so simple, but it's just fucking chef's kiss. <sighs> and the costuming. He doesn't come in in a suit. He's, he's distancing from the FBI again. Just subtly. If it's a $60 million shipment every week, eh, maybe you can't afford it. <laughs> if I'm working all the time, I can afford to take one week off in the grand scheme of things. And just setting up disappointment in the end of the movie. Dumb. That's a great shot. Of Braga with Giselle in the background.
I have it on subtitles, so I don't think I ever actually heard Brian say yeah. This is just good, good filmmaking. Like, Fast and Furious is low on my list in the grand scheme of things, but damn. Damn, still way above water. In terms of quality. <sighs> the scenes, the music, like, the music's simple. It's not gonna win any awards. Like, I don't know, Mission Impossible Fallout, maybe. Something like that, but. Damn, it does the job. Especially how they just cut between all the scenes and build up this tension and the mystery. I wonder if Giselle knows. I wouldn't be surprised if Real Braga didn't tell anybody. But that look she gave them just then. I wonder if Giselle knows at this moment. Yeah, she knows. Phoenix was protecting him as soon as the gunshots started. Oh. Maybe she doesn't. But Phoenix definitely did.
classic cop movie trope. Gravestone comes back in seven. I really am glad that Mia's getting just the best treatment in F9. Considering she she drove. She had one hell of a drive in The Fast and the Furious. And she has moments later on, but... Nothing as great as what she's going to get in F9. <sighs> But I do love them together. Now I'm curious. If they'll just ignore that. Sometimes you do. Or if they'll say that. They have different mothers. Later on. To justify Jacob's existence in F9. Like. To keep it in canon that. Dom is her only brother. But. They share a father. Maybe they share different mothers.
considering how much I was talking about how they like to set up things for payoffs later, I'm wondering how much they were actually setting this up to be a relationship between her and Dom in a later movie. And how that changed with the introduction of Elena in 5. And their shared history, him and Elena. But I am glad we stay focused on him and Letty in this movie. And I'll always ship Giselle and Han. Even though we do have that sequence in Tokyo Drift technically later where he's spinning and drifting around them, those two girls to get their number. He's like, that's why I do this. Even with that, headcanon now with all we know, I just choose to accept that uh, he was either fronting or no woman will ever live up to Giselle. Anytime I'm quiet, I'm just heaping praise on this movie. Those actors, the sound mix, the score, the shots. <sighs> and that great, great line. be so easy.
<laughs> he caught some air there. <laughs> Damn, that's a lot of boys. That's a Mad Max level number of cars. What the fuck? He just fucking elbowed his fucking window out? <laughs> oh, that was fantastic. Gear shift. Gear shift. I love that Brian makes a bad call.
Oh, that's too bad. I love that guy. I freaking love this. It's so much smaller and more intimate compared to the bigger movies that come later, but this still delivers like tan. And that ankle hold that's coming up, I'll point it out. <laughs> that's almost as good as him elbowing his window out just breaking that window with that guy, dude's face Ankle hold. <laughs> Fuck you, Phoenix. <laughs> I love that he goes to Brian first. Until the next movie.
Major Boswell Fallout ending. This generally, ge- generally, genuinely gets me. <sighs> and I do love that Mia drives at the end of this movie. But, again, this movie fixes what I feel was a lacking part in the structure of the first one, which is they finish the climactic battle, and look at how little time it is until we get to the resolution. There's no shoe leather in between that climax and this resolution. Except what's necessary, that small scene that in the courtroom, which is necessary. Oh, yeah! Justin Lin, the godfather of this series, boy! Uh, thank you so much. That quenched my thirst for refreshing Corona. Or two and... Four-fifths? Five-eighths? Who wants to do the math on this? Hit the screenshot. Um, But I'm really excited for F9. I wish it didn't need to be pushed back, but I get it. And man, it would be... It's April 27th. It would be just a couple weeks away from me seeing it with me, Richard... My friend and roommate, Christian, my very good friend as well. They're both very good friends of mine. And my daughter, Madeline, in theaters. But it's what's necessary. And I'm going to see you in whichever commentary or video you want to. Peace, super dopers. Super dopers. Movie dopers.